Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. I'm Adam. And I'm Sacken Adam. Welcome! Woo! Yes, we have arrived. We have. We've we've kicked off our boots, you know, dug our dug our toes into the vines and the muck and the mire <laughs> in this beautiful house, this house of X. Yes. All rise for the Pledge of Allegiance to the House of X. I Pledge allegiance to the Krakoa of the United Portals with Flowers. <laughs> and to its raw power of eroticism, for which we all stand. One chart <laughs> for which it stands. I don't know. We already else. did for which it stands. No, we, we already were... did for which it stands. We were going so good. Uh, uh... Uh, anyway. Yes, uh, House of X dropped today, and uh, the world will never be the same. It might be the same. I'll be very honest. I I am curious if a comic book can change the world, but a radio show got rid of the KKK for a while, so what do I know? Thanks, Superman, for that one. Oh, yes, yeah, solid big guy. Uh, but like, like you were saying, Adam, uh, House of X is out, uh, mm-hmm. and we... Just want to talk about it, and we have microphones in front of us, so we're going to do that at the end of the podcast. Yes. Uh, that said, all the stories we are doing today, coincidentally, 100% by chance, do happen to involve uh, mutant nations and mutant islands, and just a lot of the themes that House of X is going to do. Are you suggesting that something in Jonathan Hickman's radically new, never-before-seen, most important comic book of all time may have been done before, Zach? I'm saying that there's nothing new under the sun, yes. <laughs> but what, I, what I'm also saying is, specifically, uh, if, you don't, if you have not read House of X, you have no idea what's going on, and you don't want to be spoiled on it because it is fresh, and I understand not everyone can... Uh, Make it to shop. Uh, just close out this RSS feed and pick us up after you, uh, after you, uh, I guess, read it. Because uh, we may accidentally, in casual conversation, spoil some stuff. And I don't want that to uh, impact anyone's enjoyment of anything. So, you know, feel free. Come back to us. We are literally, we live in your phone. <laughs> you can listen to us at any time. It's not going to... Go away! I'm, I'm I'm paid up on my hosting, so I, I honestly I'd be shocked though if you're listening to us uh, next next Monday and you haven't House of X already. Um, if you haven't and you also care, I think that's the mm. that's the thing. If you don't yes. care, then you're gonna care about this episode of Mustaches our normal episodes. But if you're someone who does care, like uh, Patreon supporter Peter uh, from Crushing Comics. Uh, who selected this uh, episode's theme? Well, then maybe maybe skip it if you haven't read something. Yes, that was my roundabout way of saying, "Hey, uh, 
Thank you, Peter, for going over to patreon.com slash files, pitching in some money, and choosing the theme for this episode. Also, you should go to Peter's website, which is Crushing Comics. Uh, there will be a link in the as mentioned, uh, which is just the episode notes. Uh, but he's got just... Like, you know how time doesn't make sense, Adam? Yes. And you know how timelines don't work? That's true. Peter's doing his damnedest. He's doing his <laughs> damnedest to make him work. And he does an amazing job. Me and, me and the dude agree on literally nothing about what we like about the X-Men. We are polar opposites. Uh, but he does an amazing job. I I similarly have uh, many, you know, disagreements with the things that Peter, uh, his opinions. However, he does the Lord's work. Uh, and I'm very, I'm always just very impressed by uh, by the work and the stamina uh, that he puts into what it is that he does. Um, so go check it out, people. Now, as a reward for all of his good work, he wants us to talk about some stories. Uh, specifically, he wants us to talk about the storyline Nation X. Hmm. This ran through Uncanny X-Men 115, not 115, excuse me, 515 to 522. So it's a long one. Uh, written by Action Maction Fraction, uh, with art by Greg Land, uh, Terry Dodson, and for the final issue, Will Sportasio. Yeah, kind of a wild switch at the end there, my goodness. But we are filling in that Fraction Greg Land stuff. We've we've done Quarantine, uh, we did the Fear Itself arc, and so... That was Gillen, but yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, that that was Gil, and I apologize. But, uh, you know, this is important because this is um, right after Cyclops has established the mutant nation, albeit sinking, of Utopia. Yeah, uh, this is Cy- – so Cyclops has his island now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's a secessionist. They, uh, they've got a Waco kind of situation going on. But the government doesn't want to screw with them because they kind of think their problems will go away if they just don't. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not a great situation for the humans because, you know, it, I think people are assuming that Cyclops is going to just, uh, you know, wage war against the United States here. He's not. He's not making it seem like he's not going to do that either. No, no. He's he's definitely aware of the politics and the optics here. Um, but things are things are complicated. Um, we, we get Magneto sort of using this arc uh, to make his his largest mea culpa. Uh, you know, he's trying to make up for the past here. Um, Beast is on the rocks with Cyclops and can't decide whether to stay or go. And we've got uh, everybody's favorite X-Men villain, Loeb, um, <laughs> on the loose um, with Predator X's and uh, bioweapons. And, oh, there's a lot here. There's a lot going on here. So I, I think you've touched on it. The crux is, I want to say, Magneto's arc in this. Mm-hmm. Because Magneto, pretty early on, I believe issue two of this arc uh, comes to nation X to utopia and presents himself to Cyclops and says, look, you're doing something for mutants and you're being successful about it in a way that even at my grandest, I couldn't do, you know, essentially saying, 
Genosha was me taking over something by fear and force, and that was very poorly done. But you've gotten all of our people together. So I'm going to follow you now. And this is when Magneto joins the X-Men. Like, yeah, yeah, there was the stuff in the 80s where he was the headmaster, but this is the first time Magneto has legitimately been like, I am on Team X-Men now. Right. Yeah, it's not I'm doing Charles a favor. It's I'm going to actually... <laughs> He literally gets down on his knees and is like, I'm not a villain anymore. And I'm going to uh, get to this point by the time we end this arc where I know I need to redeem myself. So what can I possibly do? I'm actually going to return Kitty Pride in her giant bullet to Earth. Oh, yeah. Kitty Pride was living in a bullet for a few years, guys, if you didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, doesn't need to eat or, you know, do anything like that. Just She was a ghost. Yeah, she's just kind of keeping everything, uh, you know, phased. And uh, we get this, this fairly dramatic conclusion, uh, you know, where Magneto goes into full meditation mode and brings this bullet back. It's pretty cool. And that's, that's not the first thing that magneto's tried to do to get in everyone's good graces because mm-hmm. he also stops utopia which used to be asteroid m his moon base yep uh stops that from sinking into the ocean which is a big thing uh you get you get a lot happening here namor gets uh he gets atlantis like to have a home yeah yeah it's sort of a an underwater refugee camp if you will a refugee city um and not to mention there's a huge part of this arc that of all things is dealing with the century and the void which i wasn't expecting at all have you read utopia like the the crossover with the dark avengers i have not no okay so in that uh emma frost gets a piece of the void in her right yeah so she's got this little uh this, this little squiggle of the, of the void in, in her should forehead. we explain the void because i feel like that's not a oh it's Guys, do we, okay. Do we really need to? <laughs> all, right, all right. Okay, guys. The Sentry is a Marvel character, and he's if what if Superman had an evil opposite Superman that lived inside of him that undid all the good things he did? Right. And then also, what if everyone forgot that Superman was their best friend for all of the Silver Age and Bronze Age? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the Sentry. He was the forgotten Marvel hero, and he came back to diminishing returns every time. And his evil opposite is the Void, which is a weird black sliver thing that Emma Frost now has part of in her mind, and they have to trap it. I will say this. While I've never been a fan of the Sentry, I've never been a fan of the whole concept behind it, um, the the inner workings of what happens inside of Cyclops's mind. There's uh, two issues uh, that are illustrated by Terry Dodson in this arc, and they take place inside of this hotel and the way he designs those pages with these art deco uh, framing devices is so cool. He does such a great job with it. I think those two Terry Dodson drawn issues in the middle are my favorite of this like eight issue run. Mm -hmm. Uh, not the least of which is because Terry Dodson is on art here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's much better than land here. And, you know, we've talked, we've talked at length about land. I don't want to hammer home. This is 
this is near the bottom of the barrel of Greg Land art for me. Like this is this is close to the worst it gets. There's some pages that are very obviously like copy and pasted into Photoshop like I would do if I was casually doing something in like paint. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, he he's still doing It's close, doing, dude. He, it's so well, close. No, he's definitely copying and pasting Stepford Cuckoos. Like that's that's very clearly happening on the page. Um I will say I still think that he's doing some pretty solid action sequences here as part of his uh his run. Um we get there's this whole thing with Loeb abducting Scalp Hunter, who then in turn is going to drop Predator X's onto Utopia. But the those per- are the dinosaur sentinels, by right. the way, guys. Yeah, from Messiah Complex. Um, the Predator X's are really just a ruse so that they can uh, do the bio uh, nano sentinels, which are then going. To, or they're not nano sentinels. They're they're nanobots, Close which enough. are going to set up the plot line from Quarantine. Um, so there's a lot going on in these, in these couple of issues, but I, I think that um, the juggling of those plot lines is done very, very successfully. Um, I want to read the next issue. I want to see what's going on. I love the, uh, the, the management of utopia, you know, the idea that we've got to sit down at a table and sort of figure out what's going on, but there's all of this politicking going around, especially with Magneto going behind Cyclops's back and creating this support column um, that that's really interesting. I I agree. I think the politicking in the relationship side of this is the most interesting. Yeah. Because you have Cyclops and Emma's relationship, and no one fully trusting Emma except for Cyclops. Right. You've got Cyclops and Professor X's relationship, and that's on the rocks because someone secretly sent his brother off to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got... Everyone in Magneto's relationship, which is bad. And then, most interesting on this, you have Cyclops and Beast's relationship. Yeah. Beast, who had been by Cyclops through all of this stuff, uh, during the Utopia arc, was captured and tortured by By... Norman Osborn and Hammer. Yeah. And Dark Beast. And Dark Beast, right? Because he's having these flashbacks. And Hank is legitimately upset at one of his oldest and best friends who let him be tortured because he wasn't the priority that cyclops chose the mutant race over his friends and right wrong or indifferent it doesn't it doesn't matter the you know high level logic of those decisions that betrayal hurts hank so much that it sets up everything that the character is motivated by pretty much up until, uh, what, IVX? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's... Hank, Hank didn't just decide to be a jerk one day. There was some... There was a breaking point and a lot of stuff building up to it, and I think that's very interesting. Yeah. No, that, that definitely is uh, the catalyst for where his conflict with Cyclops goes um, through the Bendis era. So um, I, I think it's done very very well um i enjoyed this art quite a bit i didn't really mind the juggling of the art which sometimes i have in the past i think during second coming especially i was you know critical of going back and forth from from the art styles but here because dodson has sort of like this mini story within the the larger arc it didn't matter um you know i i will say portachio is an interesting uh, uh choice for the last issue um it's 
you know, depend, weak. depending on the, the, the page or the, um, the characters that he's illustrating, he goes from being kind of, I don't know, like he just, he doesn't have the same handle over the character models that the other artists do. Um, Absolutely. So he's doing an okay job, but I think the inking is doing some heavy lifting here. Um, because his style has gotten only as he's gotten older, has gotten even more sketchier. And I don't mean that like in a negative, it's just that, you know, you could probably tell that the pencils here were not as developed as maybe they were, um, when he was younger. So it's still a very, very dramatic, uh, finale to this arc. And, uh, I, I still liked it quite a bit, but I think it was a odd choice to, to put him on that particular issue. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it does a good job setting up, you know, Utopia as a location, and there were other books at the time fleshing that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's good, and I like it. I don't think it's I don't think it's the best to me. Uh, so, but I think we've got a list, so we can objectively rank this the value of this comic, right? Absolutely. How many do we have on the list now? We have 255 stories Whoa, on our list. Crazy. We got Days of Future Past at number two with Dark Phoenix Saga at number one. We've got Welcome to Genosha at number 50. We've got Wolverine Snicked at number 100. We have at 150 uh, Spider-Man and X-Men and the X-Men where uh, Soren wants to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, we've got Extreme X-Men Expose at number 200. And at 250, we have God Loves, Man Kills 2, at one point, the very bottom of our list. Whew, yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. We'll get to some uh, some latter Claremont in a, in a moment. But um, at 175 on the list, we have Uncanny 530 to 534, which is the quarantine storyline, which stems out of this. Do you like this better or worse than that? I think this is better than quarantine. It's got... There's a lot going on. We didn't even talk about how Phantom X shows up. Phantom X is, is like the savior of this whole thing. Cause like, he's just kind of doing a solid for somebody by going in and killing a predator X that killed some guy's girlfriend. And then he basically decides, no, nah, you know what? The X-Men are really cool. And I want to be cool. Like the X-Men. I love Phantom X. As yeah. long as you don't take him seriously. One of the worst X-Men comics that's not on this list is Phantom X Max. Mm. Which takes Phantom X seriously and also just has some real rough themes in it. Don't know um, how you take Phantom X seriously. He's a guy walking around doing a Pepe Le Pew accent. I know. Uh, anyway, this is <laughs> this is better than quarantine, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, um I'm trying to think of uh, it's not as good as Fear itself at one forty seven. I like mm-hmm. Fear itself better. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that that's got a little bit more going for it. Um, it's a little more consistent. I don't think it's better than um, Brood Trouble and the Big Easy at 151. I don't think it's better than... Uh, he, here's what I'll ask. Yeah. Because we seem to ask this every episode. <laughs> Is it better than... Go ahead. Is it better than cocaine? I don't think so. Cocaine's know. at 159, and I don't think it's better than that story where Wolverine gets mad at cocaine. No, I don't think it is. Um, is it better than that X-Factor story where they go to Vegas at 164? Yes, yeah, it's better than XFI 207 to 213. Um, it's I not think better it's... than Champions. Not better than Champions 12. 
No. And I think it's around the same par as Uncanny 300, which we have at 162. Um, I might give it a slight edge just because it's doing a, a very good job juggling the plot points. And Really? Uh, I was going to give the slight edge to 300. Uh, I mean, I could see it going either way. They're, they're, they're very equal, you know. Um, but I do think it's probably better than New Mutants Truth or Death. I'll let you decide. Above or below 300? Let's Heart put of hearts. Bo- let's put it below, because UXM 300 is JRJR. I have a special spot in my heart. So I, I prefer the art uh, probably in 300. All right. So number 163 on our list is Uncanny X-Men 515 to 522 Nation X. Nice. Well, this is not the first time we have uh, seen a nation state for X people or other islands that have been used for uh, nefarious purposes. So where, where are we going next? We're going to go to the Bermuda Triangle. Because uh, ah. we're going to talk about Uncanny X-Men 148 to 115. I, Magneto. I, Magneto. Yes, we're, we're, we're going for more of a... Uh, this is not a reluctant Magneto. This is a more of a Silver Age Magneto. The, well, what's interesting here... So this story, which is by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum during Cockrum's uh, return to the book. Yes. This is this is the pivot point. This is where Magneto turns from weird Silver Age villain who would definitely live on Cthulhu Island <laughs> to being the Magneto that people think about when they think about Magneto in pop culture. Like... This is the shift. This is where you get his tragic backstory with the Holocaust. This is where you get him being a nuanced force who doesn't want to take over the world, necessarily. He just wants everyone to just, like, freaking stop with the nukes for a second. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know if we said this. We're talking about um, Uncanny X-Men 148 to 150 uh, Chris Claremont and Cockrum. We've got Joseph Rubenstein on inks. And um, it's always weird to me. Like, I always forget that Cockrum comes back. You know, mm-hmm. we get Cockrum, then we get burned, then we get Cockrum again through the beginning of the Brood Saga. Um, I, I don't think this is Cockrum's strongest work. I, I think that, you know, especially when he hits the beginning of the Brood Saga, it's so killer. Um you know, and, and even the stuff before Burn is, is, I think, a little bit more dynamic, at least than what we're seeing in these three issues. But he's he's definitely letting his inker, uh, Joseph Rubenstein, yeah. take a bit of it. In fact, uh, they're credited just as artists together yeah. on yeah, this you, one. You can kind of tell that he's not uh, he's not necessarily the person who's doing the heavy lifting here. Well, um, Cochran, Cochran was never the fastest guy. Uh, that's that's why he quit uh, X-Men in the first place. They went from bi- bi-monthly to monthly, and he said, this is great, guys. I can't do it. <laughs> well, that's kind Glad of the book is selling. Yeah, I think that's understandable. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on in these three issues, um, but the overarching thing that happens here is that Coloss- uh, Colossus, sorry, Cyclops and Lee Forrester have um, crashed. Who's his boat pirate girlfriend? Yes, um, who he's not ready for, but he needs her. Very, very soap opery. Oh, there's so much good soap opery. Yeah, yes. they're, they're great. They're like wearing next to nothing because they've been in a shipwreck. Um, and then they're wearing sci-fi outfits. They're like they're like wearing some H.G. Wells stuff. 
Yes. So for those of you who aren't sure what uh, Cthulhu Island is, uh, if you've ever listened to the uh, Jay and Miles explain the X-Men episode about this this time period, this is what's become affectionately known as Octopusheim. Um, so <laughs> Cyclops does end up wearing a uh, sort of vest with... He's, a... Got a, he's got like a Kraken yeah. like, <laughs> plate, like... Like, if Theon Greyjoy would be wearing that, we'd be like, oh, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> or Victorion. Victorion's the good one that wasn't in the show. Well, I say good. He's actually a terrible person, but he has a very large axe. Oh, um, the island does turn out to be owned by Mag- Magneto. And uh, this is also the arc where famously Magneto sinks the Leningrad. Yeah. So okay, so what's interesting, and we focused a lot on really 150. Mm-hmm. This is kind of maybe two arcs, maybe three stories here. Like, it, it does the Claremont thing where this B story, grow, this Cyclops and Lee get trapped on this island, grows into the A story by the end of it. Right. But in between, the X-Men are doing odd things. Like, in the first story, it's actually the first appearance of Caliban, mm-hmm. where Kitty Pride and Spider-Woman... <laughs> Uh, who, whose book Chris Claremont was writing at the time, and, like, Storm go out to the opera, or to a Dazzler show, which isn't the opera, but Dazzler might be good at opera. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Caliban does kidnap her a little bit. Right. And that sort of ties into when uh, he abducts her again. Um, and then the second issue, 149, is the X-Men versus Garok. Uh, sort of this, like, I don't know, Quartz person? How do you explain Yeah, he, he's from the Savage Land. He's yeah. he's a stone man uh, who got into a fight and fell into lava and then turned half into stone, half into, like, slag. Fun fact, uh, the the uh, big uh, DK Ultimate Guide to X-Men that I essentially grew up on yeah. had a huge focus on the Savage Land, so I thought Garak was way more important than he actually <laughs> turned out to be. Garak is a big deal. Actually, he's not. Um I think this arc is also famous for having one of the most uh, insane Kitty Pride costumes in it, where she gets to, you know, kind of design her own outfit, and it is uh, interesting. <laughs> Do you know what's so good about it? And I just picked up on this reread. What's that? The only reason she puts roller skates on it is because she was at a Dazzler show the night before, and she's like, man, that Dazzler's so cool. I want to be just like her when I grow up. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's very Kitty Pride. Um so anyway, the the whole thing wraps with, uh, well, a storm almost kills Magneto in his sleep. Um, got some Silver Age shenanigans where you know Magneto's holding the world hostage, and but but his reasoning's so different in this. Yes, because he's saying, "I'm Disarmed. a mutant. I'm Disarmed. above this." Right. No, the Cold War's dumb. I hate it. Stop. Mm-hmm. and russia doesn't listen no no they don't and uh that's a plot line that will come back uh to haunt magneto in the future um and uh you know it takes kitty pride almost dying to really stop magneto in his tracks and we start to see again some of that nuance which claremont is going to continue to push with magneto moving forward um, so it, it's a cool three issue arc, but um, it has a lot of stuff that I don't know if it's as memorable. You know, the Caliban stuff kind of comes back. So that's interesting. The Garrock stuff is not 
particularly memorable, though it has a fantastic cover. Um, and 150 is a pretty great episode, you know, in issue in and of itself, so that you can see the X Men uh, fight Magneto on Octopusheim. Um, but I think, you know, as a whole, there's some stuff that's not as great here. It's not my favorite. Uh, it's not my favorite Claremont Cockrum issue by far. Yeah. Yeah. It's more important than it is great. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff here, but it's really, it feels like Claremont trying to find his footing again after, okay, we essentially did a huge build to Dark Phoenix saga. And then I lost, I lost my creative partner in John Byrne. And now I have to figure out what X-Men is going to be now. Yeah. Yep. And this Magneto step, bringing it way down to a human level in a way that even Dark Phoenix Saga being, you know, a big cosmic story didn't always get to this level of grounded as grounded as the X-Men can. Mm -hmm. I think this is really where Claremont, it starts to click. Well, let me focus on a lot more of the human-human elements. Let's move to stuff like how the Morlocks are treated in society. Let's move to, you know, some of the stuff about, you know, when he goes down that whole path of the mutant massacre and all the big events and, like, how this human drama and soap really pushes the X-Men forward through the 80s. I think this is where he's—I think this is where it clicks for him. Yeah, I think— Like, to say, I I want my second wind. Yeah. Yeah. But this is also just sort of— the beginning of it it's it's like you know the kid comes up to the home plate to kick the kickball um <laughs> we haven't really quite seen where that's going to go yet um so we do still have this sporadic uh you know issue by issue adventure stuff happening which which mm-hmm. is you know it's normal um but we're not quite into the like you know juggling uh 12 things at the same time that are going to either pay off or not pay off um, later on so i'm looking at the list um we do have caliban's return on here at 169 that's uncanny x-men 179 um i i think this is better than that okay okay yeah i i don't think we're too much higher than that though i mean yeah because I, I was looking at some of the stuff that's above it yeah or i was actually a bit farther up but there's some stuff with like Juggernaut up of like thirty spots ahead that it's not better than that. No. Uh, let's see. Is it? Man, that's right near there. I I like this better than Charm School. Uh, and pro- at one sixty seven, the Astonishing X Men story. Yes. Yeah. Probably like it better than Special Edition X Men number one. That backup. Mm-hmm. That's also Claremont Cockrum, isn't it? Is yes. that Cockrum drawing that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would I would put this above that. Um, how do you think it compares to something like Legion Quest? I like Legion Quest better. Okay. So the next thing down on that list is Champions Volume 2, number 12. I also like Champions better, personally. Okay. All right. I think this is better than Uncanny 300, though, at 161. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we can make this the new the new one there. All right, so this is going to be our new 162. This is going to be our new 162. X-Men, 148 to 150, I, Magneto. I, Magneto. Great. Okay, so speaking of Magneto, uh, remember 
that episode we talked about not too long ago where Magneto Zorn was actually Magneto and then he kind of like destroyed New York. No, 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 no. Zorn was Magneto dressed as Zorn. Oh, so that wasn't Magneto. I thought that was Magneto. It was supposed to be Magneto, but then this happens. Okay. Because that was supposed to be Magneto and then this happens. Um, which is the it, last story It's what of we the day. in the industry yeah. call a retcon. Oh, this this sure is. <laughs> this sure uh, is a retcon. This is Excalibur Volume 3, which I just found out there was an Excalibur Volume 2. Oh. Uh, I had this yeah. down as Volume 2. I did, too. Uh, there was a four-issue miniseries, apparently, where Betsy Braddock is on the team with her brother and Megan. And also, uh, whatever her name is, the Captain UK... Mm. Uh, and several other captains Britain. Uh, not to mention that Betsy is now again Captain Britain, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, spoilers for uh, San Diego Comic-Con reveals, but um, there will be a new edition of Excalibur coming out after House and Powers um, with her as Captain Britain. And Yeah, he- she's got a big sword now. It's good. Yeah, um, and it looks like Another, it looks like perhaps Quanon is taking over as Psylocke because Psylocke is listed as a cast member of Fallen Angels. Which how did how did how how did we make how did we make the Psylocke Quanon stuff even more confusing <laughs> to talk about? Like I like the concept, I really do. But we said okay, yes, Quanon is revenge, but she's in Psylocke's body. Mm-hmm. But now Quanon is Psylocke, and she's in Quanon's body. And Psylocke is Captain Britain in Psylocke's old body, which is the time when she was Psylocke. It's just, like, continuity's bad, actually. Nope. I like this. I think it's fantastic. You know what I, I don't charts. like? And I, I need don't some charts. Is... What's that? <laughs> you need I charts? I, just, I need some charts. Daddy Hickman, chart me. Chart me, Daddy. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We have to get through this garbage storyline first, though. Um, because... Uh, <laughs> You remember, <laughs> yes, yes. You remember when Chris Claremont brilliantly brought Alan Davis to the table and said, "We're going to do this really fun book called Excalibur." What in the world is the word Excalibur doing on Charles Xavier moping around the uh, mass, <laughs> the 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 post genocide Genosha with another gaggle of unmemorable teens hey hey oh. be nice to wicked okay all right um the ghost this... of moira mctaggart um and not wearing a hat which is weird because moira always wears hats always wears a hat not not a headband oh. always used always. to wear a headband but that's what we call her old moira mcattert moira mctaggart mcattert <laughs> moira wears a hat mctaggart uh yeah and then magneto's there so of course then we get oh the yeah retcon. magneto's not dead also guys right that wasn't magneto in new york and he's not dead and he's gonna help everybody here is gonna help them rebuild genosha do i have that right yeah so this is chris claremont and aaron lepressi uh this is after uh after the planet x arc of uh uh, new X-Men, and it immediately retcons everything. Mm-hmm. 
it immediately much. immediately says that wasn't Magneto, which is a weird choice. And that's look, look. Here's what I'll say. As far as a last page reveal, it's pretty good. Like taken taken as a individual thing, that's a pretty good last page reveal. I mean, sure. It turns into a bad comic. Yeah. I was I mean, I have to sit through 23 pages of Charles Xavier moping in the middle of like a a dust field for that to happen. Um So do you have any affinity at all for this cast? Because I, I, I don't know. I mean, Unus let's talk the, about the cast. Unus the Untouchable yeah. is here. He gets eaten by a dragon child, a shape-shifting uh, monster child. Uh, Named Freak Show. Yes. Yes. He doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's Wicked, who her power is she can summon all of the ghosts of Genosha, which is oddly yes. specific. Yes, she's also a teen wearing a, like, leather hot pant sports bra fishnet combo, which is weird. She's very gothy. Mm. She's she's a very, she's a very hot topic teen. Uh, and then Shola from uh, uh, Mechanics shows back up here. Callisto's here with her tentacle arms that she always has. That might be the best thing in this, this four issues. Is I like that she her. looks it up and says, no, nah, I actually like having tentacle arms, guys. This is fun. <laughs> I like it, too. Uh, it, and that, then uh, Karima Shandapar, the Omega Sentinel, shows up. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I don't even know. I mean, like, there's just a lot of little tiny character interactions happening here. People bouncing off of each other. But not much is really happening i mean these four issues are essentially designed to kind of quote unquote get the team together and then it's a bad team it's not a great team it's not a memorable team it's not you know these are not characters that i'm particularly interested in and they could be um they have cool powers i think wicked has a really interesting power um you know freak show sure why not We've got Unus the Untouchable. I always usually like Unus. Unus um, does get eaten. Yes. That is good. That's a good gag because then Freak Show does have indigestion for a while because he ate a boy. And he does he does throw him up, which, uh, you know, for a good solid issue's worth of comic, I was worried that a teenage boy was going to poop out Unus the Untouchable. I, I, I had read this before and I forgot what happened. <laughs> and I thought, wait, does he just like... Does he just like dump Unis off screen? That's Does what he I just was... make brown with Unis? And I was like, I don't, Claremont, what you doing, man? I don't know. And even the page where where Freak Show does puke him out is very weird because Freak Show is like standing there, kind of sheepishly in his underpants, and it's like, what just happened? Oh, thank God, he puked him out. Um, so it's weird. A... This is a weird one, guys. Not a lot happens. Uh, I don't love Aaron Lepressi's art. Uh, I don't love the weird fight where the magistrates just kind of show up again out of nowhere. Yeah, that, and don't that add really anything even... except for a fight scene. Yeah, that that doesn't make a lot of sense. They sort of just drop out of the sky so that there's something to beat on. Um, but yeah, I, there's just not much happening here. And um, again confused as to why the name Excalibur is being used on this and 
it just doesn't doesn't do much for me. You know what I mean? This is a, like kind of an NYX situation where, you know, there's there's probably more interesting stuff happening with this cast, um, or could be if it was written differently. But... Well, Sugar Man does show up later. Hey, so. great. I'm down for that, but I don't remember if it's good, but he does show up for sure. Yeah, but I'm not going to revisit this at any time. I'm not. I'm not interested. Um, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, just this not. one's this one's not very good, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry to ruin that for you, but yeah. Uh, Mid 2000s Claremont did a bad Excalibur this time. Uh. A similar bad Excalibur for me down at two thirty two. We have Pride and Wisdom. Is this better? This or is worse? worse than this is worse than Pride and Wisdom. I think I would agree. Um, is it better see. or worse than number two forty? Morlocks take Manhattan. I think it's worse. Is it better than? Is it? Is it better than Magneto Rex? We're like right on the same. Like that's a perfect spot for it. Because it at least has like a coherence to it that the story below it, which is the Shatterstar saga, does not have. But yeah. like we're in the right spot. Like Yeah, that's the two forties. Um right above Magneto Rex is Psylocke and Archangel Crimson Dawn. That's better. Then we have to put it mm, Man, is it better or worse than Magneto Rex though? I don't know. Like they're both completely, they feel inconsequential. Magneto Rex had rogue in it. Magneto Rex also doesn't immediately retcon an interesting story, Mm. even if it has some problematic elements to it. Yeah. Uh, So Magneto Rex better. Yes. Magneto Rex is better. This is the new number two forty six. Excalibur volume three, one through four forging the sword. Whatever that means. It means it means you make a sword. They're they're taking a sword and they're they're hitting it hitting it several times, uh, very hot, and then they're forging that sword. Uh, but this is a bad comic. Yeah. Uh, but you could skip it. This also, one. T- you, you can guys. It does take place on a mutant island, which is the topic that uh, that Peter wanted us to talk about, and we're gonna give him some bonus content here. Bonus content. Ba 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 boom. That's not a bonus content noise. I don't know. That almost turned into an Age of X-Men alert. And it I was, did. I, I had was to pull back. I had to grab myself and say, no, you're going in the wrong direction. It's over now. We're all about hotspots. Uh, can we spoil the end of Age of X-Men? Um, Should we? Yeah, sure, guys. We're going to do that right now. And then we're going to spoil hotspots. This is your spoil warning. See you okay. at the end of the episode if you got this far. <laughs> all right. Have we given them enough time? Yeah, they're gone. They're out of here. Zach, the Age of X-Men. It's just as cool ones. The Age of X-Men still lives on. It lives on in all of our hearts and also in Nate Gray's heart. So that's kind of beautiful. Yeah, and in like some weird trailer somewhere with an alternate universe uh, Magneto. Like, how cool is that? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Because they said they're going to do it right this time. Which, if if I've seen any sci-fi show... That means they're going to do it wrong another 5,000 times. Yes. Age of X-Men 2. Bring it. Um, Two right. Age, two X-Men. <laughs> Age of X-Men squared. Um, which is not the same as times two. Uh, okay. Hox Pox. We haven't gotten to the Pox part. We've only seen Hox number one. First impression, Zach. 
this comic is a lot and I love it. Oh, it is extra. <laughs> There's so much of this comic. <laughs> like there's anyway, uh the professor who we assume is Charles Xavier. Because they do tell us. I, I don't think I don't think we're supposed to, I think we're supposed to think it's not Charles Xavier. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he's actually playing a double swerve on us, but I don't know what we're gonna do here. Oh, I'm it waiting. feels it feels too obvious for it not to really be Charles Xavier, right? I don't know, man. Right off the bat, I'm like not buying the body language. And Pepe Loraz is a very, very good artist. What about the part where he created Cyclops out of a pod? Oh my god. Like, okay, so <laughs> we let's get right into it. Um I think it, All the X-Men are trees now. We called it. What yeah. Right? <laughs> Yep. What are we looking at? You know what I mean? Like the um the 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 thing that is sticking with me as I'm reading this is what Hickman said at the uh San Diego Comic-Con panel, which was we have actually lied to you guys a lot. That is the one thing that just keeps sticking with me as I'm reading this issue. So I don't know what to take at surface value, but it sure looks like certain things are happening in these opening pages, but man, I, this is like almost too. we said this before we started recording the episode. It's almost too much. There's 50 issues of amazing. Well, pages, 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 pages over the head artwork, Pepe Larraz, Marte Gracia kicking, Mwah. but it is absolutely perfect artwork. It is absolutely gorgeous. But we keep getting these these charts and charts and definitions and outlines and maps. Oh, man. By the time we get to the page that is the definition of an Omega-level mutant, I mean, this is screaming reset. I don't even know if it's reset as much as it is we're doing something here. Like this is, this is very much supposed to be a jarring. This is what we're doing now. Yes. Kind of situation. I mean, he plays his favorite card, which is, Hey, there was a time skip and everything kind of, you don't know what happened in between, but don't worry about it. Yes. There's a time jump. There's, uh, there's, there's a lot of Hickmanisms in here. There's a Franklin Richards reference. There's, Uh, the the X-Men own an island that's Krakoa, and Krakoa is now a computer, and also they are trying to sell their way into the world by giving everyone flowers, which is kind of beautiful. Also, the flowers cure dementia. Yeah, and make you live longer, and, um, oh boy. There's also special mutant-only flowers that we don't know too much about yet. Yes, <laughs> I'm intrigued by the one that takes you into Krakoa tumors that uh, are apparently even unknown to Krakoa. Oh, you're talking about Krakoa cancer? That's definitely coming back in a Oof. big way. Oof. Man, I I need to read this again. Um, before we've recorded, I've only read this once. I need to go through it, it again Adam, line Adam, by line. Adam. Yes. I read it. I read it. Uh, I read it once, and then I read it again. <laughs> of course you I did. Read it, I read it twice already. It's like everyone's hyping this as a big thing. And I don't, I don't even know if this as a standalone issue is like, like crazy good as a standalone thing. And I want to see how this story develops. Oh yeah. Don't, don't expect this to be a one issue, like fully satisfying story. What this is, 
is an incredibly engaging pilot. This is like first episode of Lost. This is, I don't know what's going to happen, and it could all end real poorly. But right now, I'm in. Yeah, I think I described it earlier as like the ultimate case of a writer setting the table. Because every single page is like, boom, this happened. This is happening. This is going to happen. Here are these characters. Here's a cameo that you weren't expecting. Uh, here's Xavier Files' name in the bottom right of a page. Yeah, uh, hold on. I will have been. I will have been literally just the worst about this. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in this comic book, and no one's allowed to tell me that that was just a coincidence. If you do, I will block and report you. That's not a joke. Well, and you also uh, between our our conspiracy theories. Um, you at least did get armor on Mars, as we suspected. That was indeed confirmed by a dialogue block. Mars, yes, uh, X Men on Mars. Look, I don't, I don't think your world theory is dead yet. I think we gotta wait for Pox to come out in a few days. We're gonna find out. I am fascinated to see. You know, there's so much world building going on in this book. Um, you know, this whole thing with uh, what is it called the the Orcus. Is that what it's called? Wait, hold on. Did I get that right? Yeah, the Orcus group. Yes, the Orcus structure, um, the combination of aim, shield, strike, sword, alpha flight, hammer, armor, hydra. Like, whew, like, uh, <laughs> it's a like, lot. Like how damage control now has control of Soul's hammer and Soul's anvil and the bridge and all of these other weird things from Hickman's Avengers. Uh, yeah, four four Iron Mans and like they got control of them at a very specific time and continuity. Um, the Fantastic Four in this issue there is so 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 much. Two Zorns. Um, yeah, Zorn and his brother Zorn are in this one. Yep. Yep. One of them is spelled with a Z. We're going to talk about Zorn and Zorn at one point. <laughs> uh, they they run the Celestials and the Deviants. Or, I'm sorry, the Celestials and the Eternals. You know that, right? Like in 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 Ultimate Comics, uh, Zorn runs the Celestials and Zorn runs the Eternals. I did not know that, but now I know that. Yeah, yeah, they have the twin cities of heaven of Tian. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's where we're going, but Zorn and Zorn are in this one. I I just guys, we could we could spend another hour talking about this page by page. There's a lot, lot. And going if you go on. over to XavierFiles.com, you can see our Hoxpox annotations called Hoxpox Talks uh, that <laughs> friends of the show Chris Edelman and Robert Secundus are doing, where we are breaking down everything. I love. We're that. going. We're treating this like a puzzle, and guys, I found some pieces. It's going to be good. Yeah, there's there's some stuff going on here. Uh, there are pieces that I am already wanting to explore and decode, and ah, oh, deep breath. Uh, so we, we got a nice run going on. Um, make sure you're reading this. Yeah, uh, I know everyone's talking about it. It is actually really good. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. It's great. They were right on that one. Like, Right on the money. It's a good one. Uh, we just we just spent a while talking about this. Should we wrap up our show? Probably. Yeah, there will probably be other opportunities for us to uh, to wax poetic about the house and the and the powers. Um, but uh, I thought that was a pretty good episode. A lot of lot of mutant islands. A lot of mutant islands. Again, thanks to uh, Peter at uh, Crushing Comics. 
If you want to be like Peter, you can go over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files. Throw some money our way. We are pretty close. We are like 40 bucks off. Uh, 40 or 50 bucks off from the uh, $300 mark, which will mean that me and Luz Bianca will do our mini podcast uh, where we watch the X-Men anime. Ooh, that sounds oh, it's, fun. Fun's not the operative uh, <laughs> fun you know, descriptor I would use. but Fundamental? The, uh, mental? <laughs> there's going to be a lot in that one. Mm. Uh, but if you want to support the show and get an entire episode dedicated to you, uh, you can go over there and throw some money uh, in that direction. It's fun. We have a long list, actually, but it's a good one. It's a good long list. Uh, Adam, what's going on? Oh, follow me on Twitter at Xavier Files and on XavierFiles.com. Uh, it's officially X-Men canon, so I'm I'm essentially God. Uh, first appearance first appearance of the Xavier Files is in uh, Hawks number one. And I'm not counting that crap that happened in the 90s where they put a small banner called Maverick and the Xavier Files because, one, I didn't steal my name from that, and, two, did I forgot. <laughs> this is a different context now, and no one's allowed to tell me otherwise. Adam, go. All right, guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Um, I think in the last episode, I said there was going to be a, a brief hiatus for Bish and Jubes. Uh, I have actually managed to divert that. So, new pages of Bish and Jubes, the Cross Time Conundrum, X Men Mondays at adamrec.tumblr.com. You can also get art in your inbox every day from yours truly. If you go to patreon.com slash adamrec and you can be a patron for as little as a buck uh, a month and get uh, sketches. So I'm actually doing, uh, based on the SDCC stuff, got got some new stuff going on there. So check that out. We have a pretty big episode next week, don't we, Zach? Yeah, next week to celebrate the hoxes and the poxes and the toxes and the woxes and the moxes and the noxes. Uh, we've got X-Men... Uh, Editor extraordinaire Jordan D. White coming back to the show. We're going to talk about his first year on the uh, books as editor and going to uh, talk about you know, what's happening now and what, what maybe is going to be happening in the future. There could be some exclusives. Probably not. <laughs> they have a really firm marketing plan for all this stuff. Uh, but maybe we can squeeze something out of him. Who knows? Uh, but <laughs> until then... This has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!